You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. What am I supposed to do? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Brandon Jaggers. I don't know. Just say something about uh, concert tour. And me, CC Broadus. No, I didn't even see that race. Episode 71 of the Auxiliary Gate podcast is underway. I'm CC Broadus, joined by Alan Schneider. Alan, unfortunately, summer is over. It's going to be 40 degrees in the morning. You've wasted another summer. I wouldn't say that. I enjoy the summer, man. I'm a, I'm a warm weather guy. And like I said, a, a little cool weather here won't be a nice break, but bring on football season. Bring on Keeneland, bring on the sec, the latter tail of the September Churchill meet, the entire November meet. I'm good. I'm a man of all seasons, brother. A man of all seasons. I'll give my summer a C plus. I went to see the Reds play. I got to Ellis Park twice. I got to Kentucky Downs. Spent a lot of uh, Saturdays at Churchill Downs. Outside That's always that, good. <laughs> outside of that, I didn't do anything else. So it was. I like to travel. I got to do a little traveling and stuff, but uh, and I did a lot of the things you just mentioned as well, but. That's what guys already do, right? Well, they're supposed to do. I haven't done it enough lately, but anywho, moving on, moving right along. So, uh, on Saturday, the Pennsylvania Derby takes place at Parks Racino in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, big news today: Medina Spirit, who was probably the morning line favorite in the race, is being withdrawn, according to his trainer Bob Baffert. The current Kentucky Derby winner is not going to go in the race because of the post position. He drew post number nine out of ten. Uh, he said the, the the post doesn't suit. Also, he's withdrawing another Philly private mission out of the one million dollar cotillion on the same card. Uh, any thoughts on the Pennsylvania Derby field or, or the, the the defection of Medina Spirit? I don't have much thoughts on the, the Pennsylvania Derby itself. Uh, just the fact that it's kind of a questionable decision to scratch from a pretty solid post position, don't you think? Uh, right. Kind of reeks of a problematic and suspicious intent, on in my opinion. I would love to have the nine hole. I mean, it's not like you're breaking from the 27 hole. Uh, come on. I mean, right. you better than that. But, you know, honesty has not been his best policy this, thus far this year. We've, we've seen the interviews. We've seen the flimsy excuses. Uh yeah, the benefit of the doubt, you know, you got to earn benefit of the doubt, correct? Well, for better or worse, he's going to be under the microscope probably for the, rest of his life, for the rest of his training career. So, you know, when things like this happen, it's really odd that he would, uh, I mean, it, his only other option now is go train straight up to the Breeders' Cup Classic or go in the Awesome again, which is only a $300,000 purse versus the $1 million purse of the Pennsylvania Derby. And I, I don't know. That's just a. That was odd to me. I mean, if the horse. Do you believe failed, he'll run in the classic? Do you believe he'll be allowed to run in the classic? Well, that's that's the other thing. Uh, the Breeders' Cup. Uh, one of those. One of their special committees is is trying to figure out whether or not to allow him to run. And it seems like most of the members of the committee are somewhat connected to him. Yeah. So it's probably they're probably going to rule in his favor. But uh, conflict uh, of interest, anyone? I mean, come on. Well, let's have a. That's the name of the racing game. 
unfortunately. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, on to more, uh, on to local racing news. We want to hit on this, uh, past weekend at Churchill Downs. They ran, uh, uh, several stakes races on Saturday night. It was a great, great card. It was cool. They had the, uh, the, the Louisville version, uh, I guess, of, uh, Midnight Madness or the, the Louisville Live for the basketball team. That was, that was neat that they had it there next to the paddock and, um, big stakes races, two, two stepping stone races to the British Cup juvenile and juvenile fillies. And of course, she dares the devil returned in the Locust Grove. Uh, first of all, uh, any, any thoughts on she dares the devil? I think she's probably a, a prime contender for the, for the distaff, uh, right underneath Latruska. Be tough to beat Latruska. She dares that, that race was she dares the devil. That was like a, that was the prototypical uh, prep race. Uh, get, there's probably more left in the tank. I can't, I can't imagine the horses at 100% for that race. Got an easy lead in 48 and something. A horse like that should draw off. Uh, you can make the argument Crystal Ball has come to the rail. Maybe he slammed the door on her. I personally believe that there was more in the tank. And had they run around again or maybe Brad Cox had uh, cranked a little bit more, you'd have seen a better, a more impressive margin of victory. The, the consummate prep race, right? Don't you think? Oh, I agree. Yeah. I, I think she'll be cranked for, uh, I, I assume that they're going to go straight to the disc staff. I, 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 I guess they could go to the, uh, the Spencer Keeneland if they wanted to next, but that's a, that's a quick turnaround. That's true. Well, be interesting to see. And then of course the, uh, the Iroquois and the Pocahontas. Oh, I don't take good notes anymore. I thought I remember this filly's name, uh, the, the Calhoun filly. It's got connection. Hidden connection. Hidden connection. Hidden connection won the Pocahontas easily. And I think, uh, that was a full second faster than the, uh, the Colts edition of the Iroquois. I think a hidden connection is, uh, maybe right now she's the uh, pro Tim leader of the division, uh, the, the Philly division. What do you think? I guess so. You got to have to, you ask yourself, you know, what exactly was in the race. A lot of horses trying two turns. For the first time, but you know, put that aside. It's, it comes down to the way the horse did it. Uh, got the gate in, in good order and down the stretch, the horses kept getting much like the maiden win at Colonial where he got just stronger down the stretch. They stretched this one out and it's the way that she did it. Um, she linked with every stride down the stretch, put the rest of the field away. You can argue maybe the field behind her will, will come back as, is not that strong, but we don't know that yet. So. Calhoun's got a runner, and how about a tip of the cap to Raylou Gutierrez? I believe it's probably his first win at Churchill, and there's going to be more to come for him. Shows a lot of confidence in Calhoun by sticking with a guy who doesn't know the racetrack as well as some other guys. But uh, Raylou and Brett Calhoun have a really good one at the moment. Yeah, no doubt about that. The the Iroquois Stakes was won by Major General, son of Constitution, for Todd Fletcher. They shipped this colt down, and he won uh, – or shipped him down from New York and – uh, Javier Castellano came with him, but he won. Uh, I thought it was a, a good effort by him. Maybe not so much from the rest of them. The horse was four wide all the way around the track. Scrubbing on a lot scrubbing of on the whole way. Right, and a lot of ground loss. Uh, I think the horse is okay. The, the time is concerning, but uh, the, the big disappointment of the race was Stellar Tap from the Askewson Barn. The horse was uh, really promising on debut. Uh, and Man, he just looked like he was not in the race from the first jump. Uh, they had to be pushed to to get to the lead and, and had nothing left at the top of the stretch. But uh, that was yeah, just we could argue. it was. We could argue Go the ahead. same thing with the gun, 
Gun Town, all the gun horses get mixed up. The Gun Town in the race, uh, was it Gun Town? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that, I, I thought that, I not necessarily thought that horse would win, but I thought that horse was much better. That horse never threatened at all. So, uh, but who did? Does it just mean that Sophie Doyle seemed like every time she breaks from the rails, she pops at a giant price? Personally, well, it's like that, that horse. She just knows how to ride horse the inside. That horse almost won a race for Chris Davis at thirty-seven forty to one. That just missed by, just missed the win. I can't remember the horse's name at the moment. Tough um, to tame. Tough to tame. But I think going back to Major General, Major General showed a lot of grit in his debut when at Saratoga. Where it, uh, the Wilkes horse, Bourbon Heights, came up to him. He would not let that horse go by. And the same thing kind of happened in this race. This, um, Major General is a tenacious horse who likes a fight. So I would keep that horse in mind going forward. The final margins aren't that impressive. The way he fights is impressive. Yeah, uh, we should have learned a handicapping lesson on uh, Tough to Tame. If you looked at his daily racing form, uh, buyers, they improved every single start. So this horse was on the improve. Uh, just the the numbers were a little bit lower, but you you know the horse had a had a forward move in him. So you know we missed him at thirty to one, but that that should have been our tip off to at least use the horse underneath. But uh, still, it was a great great night of racing. Uh, uh, we had a lot of fun. I, before we go further, again, uh, I I had the tendency to blabber points, but I don't care. This is my podcast. It's CC's podcast. Give Churchill Downs more of a shout out. They do a trem- they catch criticism and rightfully so for a lot of things. But I'm telling you, if you've never done it, night racing is a fantastic thing that they put on. They get the young people out there. The crowds look forward to it. The Louisville Live thing was fantastic. Everybody has fun. It's a party. I know Cece and I had fun. We were there with uh, our buddies Rob and Greg Holloway uh, and some other folks. Fantastic time. I highly recommend it. And I give Churchill a deserved thumbs up for the effort they put into that. Not just with, uh, the amenities and everything, uh, but the whole pick, the racing card, everything was fantastic. And I know CC echoes my sentiments. They do a great job with that. So I'm a believer. There, I think there's too much cynicism in the horse racing game as it is with just betters and handicappers. I'm a bigger believer in just championing things that are right. Uh, and I do believe that night racing is one of those things. So hats off to all those guys. Well said. Uh, before we get to our guest, uh, the, we do want to talk about the Sconson defeating Bells the One. That was a, a great race. Uh, Sconson got the jump on Bells the One. And I mean, maybe Bells the One's not cranked up. Uh, we think she may show up next in the TCA stakes at Keeneland. So maybe this was a prep. But uh, Sconson just keeps, just keeps winning. And I'm sure we'll... We'll either see her probably in that same uh, thoroughbred club of America at Keeneland, or they may just skip it and go straight to the uh, Breeders' Cup Philly Mary Sprint. They just take turns beating each other, right? I mean, it seems like they're in the same race every time. You never know which one's going to get the better of the other one, unless Kameen's in there. But right. uh, they're always fun to watch. Bills the one versus Wisconsin is always a fun – I guess you would call it a rivalry at this point if you have rivalries in a division like that locally, but uh, they're both tremendous horses. They both ran tremendously well. Someone had to win at Wisconsin this time. So uh, the the fifth stakes that we want to talk about, and to us the most important stakes was the no, – No doubt. Yeah, that was the seventh race, the Louisville Thoroughbred Society, $275,000 purse, six furlongs on the dirt, and our, our good friend won that race. And we're going to have her as a guest once again right now. 
Uh, now, before we get to our special guest, uh, Brandon Jaggers has finally joined us. A wash in paint. He's painting his luxurious mansion somewhere in Louisville, Kentucky. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm back at my original homestead where I was where I was brought up when I was 24 years old. Didn't know anything. I had half a sectional and a bed and had some plates and and pans and that's all I needed. What'd you now say you did on the bed? A lot more. What? What'd you do on the bed? <laughs> we don't even have a bed. I didn't even have a. I had a half a, a half a sectional. Yeah, half a sectional. The other piece, who knows what happened? It fell out of my truck. <laughs> okay. I was loaded in my house back then, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know if anyone caught me. I was flying in my jet stream over to Maryland, uh, Laurel Park on Saturday, about three o'clock, where Dream took down the Twix stakes. We were really thrilled. Uh, if anybody's watching, Mike Smith was in Laurel Park. I don't know. It seemed kind of crazy. But uh, Toledo uh, ran, uh, rode Dream, and like Ed DeRosa said, Dream ships more than UPS. Good. That's a good quote. <laughs> Uh, but we, uh, we took down a nice, uh, listed stake race. She came off the pace closed at a good time threw up a, a good buyer number. Uh, very proud of the Philly. She's back at Churchill resting. She was a little saucy. They said after she won. So I still think she wants to go to mile and eight, but no one listens to me. That's how it is. Got a trophy. Uh, I got to, I got to pay for it, but I still want it to go in my new house in Louisville, Kentucky. Outstanding. I'm going to throw a question out to both of you guys. Uh, if the Auxiliary Gate podcast had a Mount Rushmore of guests, <laughs> who would be who would be the four faces that would be carved into that mountain? Alan, we'll, we'll go to you first. Should we go in ascending order, descending order? Uh, hmm. Yeah, ascending order. Ascending order. From the top down. Bottom, I'm sorry, bottom to top. Bottom the top. All right. I'll start with um, – how about Ashley Mayu? Brandon? Gosh, there's so many. I'm going to go Pass. Tom Drury. Tom Drury. Okay. Yeah, Tommy's fun, man. He's a funny guy. Pat Great Day, guy. Tom Drury, Tom Amos. Tom and Amos is pretty well, – Who would be at the top? Who would be at well, the top? I, do you, I know. Can you think of anybody? Yeah. Who? Well, it's our next guest. It's Michelle Lovell. Oh, of course. Duh. Yeah. Michelle <laughs> and her brilliant colt, or her brilliant gelding, Just Mike, won the Louisville Thoroughbred Society Stakes, six furlongs in 108 and change, and uh, in a brilliant performance, a, a gritty performance. And Michelle joins us. Michelle, how are you doing? I'm great, guys. I was I was hoping you would name me on the top of that list. <laughs> we were setting you up there. Drury. I knew Tommy Drury was going to be there. I just wasn't sure if I was going to be the top or second, the winner or the the first loser. <laughs> we would put you on top of the mountain. On top. All right. Yeah. Well, because you know I'm your guest tonight. You have to do that. You're our favorite. Yeah. <laughs> we brag on you when you're not on here. Everybody probably gets sick and tired of it, but I say all the time it's our podcast. Too bad. That's right. <laughs> well, exactly right. So Michelle, how was your day? What 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 did you do today? Today, I just got back from uh, the sale at Keeneland, just kind of poking around and looking at some pretty little babies. I wish I could train some of them. <laughs> we didn't we didn't buy anything, but just visiting. 
All right. Well, let's go back to uh, Saturday night. It was a great night for everybody. It was an especially great night for you when Jess Might won the, the Global Thoroughbred Society. Uh, t- take us through the race. Uh, we thought uh, might be some speed from uh, from the outside horse, uh, the, the Aspusen horse, and then Dennis's moment uh, crept up along the rail. What were your thoughts early early on? Yeah, I, I was kind of afraid that that was going to happen, and it, and it did. Um, so I really didn't. I, you know, when I saw the draw, I was hoping we would draw out, outside. It's always a, you know, if you're – um, if your horse likes to be in the in the front but can lay off, you know, head, neck, length or whatever, it's better to be the one putting the pressure on or at least, you know, alleviate, alleviating pressure by moving away from a horse that's, you know, de- de- determined to be in front. So anyway, us being in the three hole, um, I knew we were going to get pressure maybe from both sides, which kind of happened. You know, we had the horse on the inside, um, which was you know, kind of pushing on up in there. And I thought Raphael did a great job keeping him from um, going through and, you know, kept it a little bit tight in there. So, yeah, I was holding my breath that he wouldn't, like, bump him, <laughs> you know, hoping he wouldn't let him through, but he wouldn't bump him either, you know, cause any any interference. And, um, you know, just knowing we were taking all the heat, I was just praying that he would fight it out, and he did. I mean, he was excellent. Yeah, they turn for home, and uh, here, here comes Churchill down specialist Bango uh-huh. on the outside of him, and we thought, oh well, here comes Bango. You know, maybe we're, we'll run for second. Yeah. But, uh, just Mike kept on chugging, and uh, Bango uh, maybe gave way a little bit. So it was, uh, and then uh, of course he had to hold off the late charge of uh, the the maker horse endorsed. Right. Uh, you know, when he shook Bango, I was, I was so, I mean, I was jumping up and down like a crazy person because. That was a horse, of course, we feared the most, although there was other good horses in there. And, and um, yeah, Esmussen's horse, of course, and then Makers. And that horse was running to us, and I, but his, his, he had kind of a grinding run to us. And I know my horse has gotten um, really gritty on the end of his races. Uh, last time he won his race, he lost a shoe in the race and uh i was thinking you know can he go six furlongs and still fight it out and that was a really good race and colby come back and he said he wasn't not gonna get beat like he wasn't because it was i was afraid so when um endorsed was running to our outside and i saw Raphael kind of take our horse out just a little bit so he would make sure he would see that horse i i felt that we were um gonna beat him i didn't think he would get to us and anyway it, it worked out <laughs> It was, it was a, I mean, I actually almost celebrated a a couple strides early. Uh, (laughs) I was so excited. I thought we were there. And then I was like, felt like a dummy when I saw him kept riding. I was like, oh my gosh. But yeah, I thought he, he ran so great. It's never easy. Uh, Another thing that worked out for you, your selection of Raphael Bayerano to ride the horse. Uh, Raphael was on fire. uh, Yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah. What, what went into the process of selecting Raphael to ride the horse? Um, well, he had ridden for me, and he he had ridden um, the the full sister to Just Mike in a in a really nice race. He rode her beautifully, and I thought he fit her really well. Very forward um, placed, without you know doing too much on the front end, and um, you know asking too much of him, but keeping them pretty focused. And that's what he did with her and another horse that I had <clears throat> that he ran second with. So. I just like the way he 
rides that particular kind of horse. And I thought he would fit him really well. So, and he did, he did a great job with him. Very, very accomplished rider anyway. I mean, he rides so good, but, um, yeah, that horses can be difficult at times in the past. He, he's, he used to get a little angry in the gate, you know, if you wrestle with him and stuff and there's, you know, he's matured out of a lot of things, but, um, I thought Raphael would be fit him really good. He's a nice, quiet rider. So uh, assuming the horse is, is okay in the, in the days ahead, uh, what have you thought about what's next? Uh, there's, there's the Phoenix opening weekend in Keeneland. There's a, there's, you can go to the turf, uh, Right. Um, after that or what what do you have anything he's, in mind or is it too early he's no not really it's not too early to think about it because he bounced right out of his race great i mean he he's a dude right now he's pretty he's just a big strong animal um athlete and loves his job so he um actually going to the track tomorrow unless it's pouring down rain but um take him out and let him have a little walk around or a jog and um but so yeah the phoenix is on the eighth, and I think the Woodford's the ninth, so they're day they're day apart, and he's dominated oh, for both of them. I was thinking that the Woodford was a week later, but you're right. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Yeah. So, okay, good deal. Well, there's peaks and valleys in horse racing, and uh, sure. that was a peak. There was a valley earlier in the day with change of control. She ran okay, in my opinion. Uh, just I think found that field too tough in the Woodbine Mile. But uh, tell us about uh, how change of control is doing now. Yeah, she just got home uh, last night. Um, bright eyed and, and sound and happy. She's, she's a trooper. I can say, cause she's been on the road a few times and, um, it was a really, uh, tough, you know, race to be in, you know, we knew that going in, it was something that, um, the owner wanted to try. Um, Perry Harrison, he's, he maps out her races and, um, you know, he wanted to try to get great grade one placing on her. So, you know, it was a tough spot. We knew it. She stretched out fine. I don't think the distance bothered it at all. It was just, uh, you know, running against the boys at that level is a, a big ask. So, um, but she came home. She's she's happy, sound, and uh, there's a race for her at Keeneland. Um, if she's doing really good um, and recuperating from her traveling, um, we can run her there. And there there there's a mile turf at Belmont. A week later, so there's a couple spots where where I I in right now. Where did you? Which race at Keeneland did you have in mind? The uh, the first lady. The Buffalo. The, the bu- Buffalo. All the five race. and a half furlongs. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's cool. Oh, yeah. well, we got something to look forward to, guys. Yeah. You got that right. Hey, Michelle. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask Michelle something about the owner of Just Might, her partner. Uh, in crime with this horse and a few <laughs> others, uh, Robert Griffon of Griffon Farms. I think one of the things we noticed, I know he was in attendance along with his family uh, there the other day, and it seemed like a great, fun answer. They had a ball, and I know his his daughter put a lot of great pictures on Facebook of the whole event. Uh, what was that like for you winning a race of that caliber there with Mr. Griffon and his family present? Uh, that, that had to be special. It's, it's super special. Yeah, they – they um. He, he was they're they're a delight they're a delight they're they're such um great people um to begin with i've known them a long time and um dr griffon pappy we call the family calls him pappy um he's you know he used to travel to races mostly in the, at the fairgrounds because they live uh, just outside of houston so it's a five-hour trip for him 
Um, in the last few years, he hasn't gotten to come to the races, but maybe once a year. And this year, he came to Colonial twice. We missed the, the one race. They canceled it, but he came back right. for the next stakes win, and he was present for that. And then, um, you know, the family's really uh, rallied around trying, you know, making sure he can get to the races and stuff. And it's just become um, a real fun thing um, for everybody. So, yeah, they all uh, his two sons, Robert and uh, Mark, um, came and then um, his granddaughter, Abby. So it was it was super um, special to have him here. Well, if any of them are listening right now, we hope you enjoyed your stay in Louisville. We hope you had fun. We think you've got a great racehorse and a great trainer. So to the Griffon family, congratulations on the win and, and a wonderful Saturday night. I hope you enjoyed yourselves, if you are indeed listening. Uh, but I'm going to get back a little bit to Just Mike's. We've boasted about this horse for a long time, and it seems like he's just getting better and better the more you race him. It's just it's not supposed to work quite the way he does. He, the horse is so tough as hickory runs, dances every dance, and just continues to get it's, it's peaking at the late age of five. Looking at the numbers today, I knew he was close to $700,000 in earnings already. He's only five years old. I think he's got seven figures in his future. And uh, 450000 of that it's this year alone, he's won five stakes this year. Just one has won stakes on Isn't turf and crazy? dirt. At yeah. three different tracks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. But what's crazier is how you keep this horse in such – so consistent at such a high level. How do you do it? I mean, a lot of trainers don't their horses as often as you do, and but your horses always fire. This one always fires. I mean, what is there a secret? What are there yeah. trainers listening want to know your secret? <laughs> I mean, I just do my Beer. thing. I, I just do my thing. I just train them individually, you know. And and this particular horse, he's he's just um he's very athletic, holds his condition well um between his races and uh i just i mostly we do a lot of jogging or a lot of walking trail riding and i just do enough where he goes home without trying to kill us all <laughs> he's so he can be so rambunctious he's he's just got a lot of energy but he contains it pretty good he'll stand out on the track at at the seven eights pole with if the sun is shining and close his eyes and watch horses just, you know, he'll take in the sunshine and watch horses train for 10 or 15 minutes. I mean, we have to move him off and then he's like, all right. And then he, he'll jog, we'll jog a mile or so and he'll gallop maybe the last quarter and then we go home. And, um, so I don't train him. Uh, we keep, we stay out the same amount of time as most horses do for training. We just don't do long gallops, uh, much, you know, and, he gets breezes uh, occasionally, and I mean, he's just he's just pretty easy to train for me. I just have to hang on to him because he's uh, he's um, very energetic, <laughs> and um, he's been loose a couple times. Um, yeah, he gets he's been loose a couple times over someone doing something that spooked him, and he goes the opposite direction. Like he's so quick on his feet, so I hang on to him with a pony most every step he takes, unless he's in a gallop or a breeze. So, um, but it's enjoyable, you know. It's he's a lot of fun. Uh, he's he's been changing through the years, um, and just you know, he just like you said, he's hickory. He's a really um, strong individual and sound and um, really knows what he's doing now. And he's, he's just learning to fight at the end of his races, which is great. You know, it gets him further down the stretch. And I wasn't sure if he'd do six furlongs um, at the, at a high level. And he, and he 
he's done it twice um back to back he's just um you know backed up his race at colonial and um i don't know i don't you know every time he gives more i'm just so amazed by him i just know that i was i was glad to see the horse didn't get spooked in the winter circuit today because i know there was a, there was a <laughs> band of uh, middle-aged white idiots <laughs> Uh, chanting Breeders' Cup, Breeders' Cup at the horse the other day, and I was I'm glad to see that those fools um, didn't cause any issues and stuff. So hopefully yeah. Churchill Down Security is listening. Maybe they can take care of those guys in the future. There's, yeah, I hope they come out every single time. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was us. If you guys hadn't figured it out by now, uh, we got to touch on Colonial Downs real quick. We, I have to touch on it. Uh, for those that don't know, Michelle came within a whisper of winning that training title in her inaugural voyage to New Kent, Virginia. Uh, I think you lost the training title on the very last day, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's true. It was, yes. It, it was. And I think you lost a couple heartbreaking photos that weekend we did. too. But yeah. I want to say nine wins and 25 starts with a bunch of seconds. Am I right about that? I'm pretty close. Is that, you know, it, off the top is that of your all head. the starts we had? Wow. Um, yeah. You know, I don't keep up with stats very much because it can kind of consume you. And and it's um no, I don't know. That's that's awesome though. That was pretty. That's pretty darn oh, good. Oh yeah, it's right? awesome. <laughs> I mean, you kind of took Virginia by a storm. Uh, you kind of toasted the town. Who was it? Hamilton Smith that eventually yes. got you by one. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. But still, cool. it was a successful meet to say the least. I mean, it's your first time there. Uh, what did you think about uh, the area? Uh, the Blue Ridge, Richmond, Virginia, that area seemed to be pretty good to you. Do you do you want to go back? Is that in the future? Or? Yeah, I do. I would go back. I mean, in you know, when we went there, it was just a big question mark. Just, you know, um, I, I knew that I, I, I thought we'd win races and the purses were good. So I thought we'd do, you know, I thought we'd do all right. And um, it was just making sure my crew would go, um, you know, making everybody leave for two months and uh, their homes. And then, you know, it's. And then, and we're so, um, we're, we're just, I'm very fortunate to have a good crew and most all of them went and, um, but getting help, um, anywhere, you know, there's help on the signs outside of the Churchill stable. True. <laughs> so, very true. you know, it's, yeah, it's tough. So holding on to your, um, help is, is key because we can't do it without them. And, um, yeah, I was really fortunate. We went, we had a good time. Um, it took a couple of weeks to kind of get used to the surroundings. It's very quiet there. Um, I had to learn how to drive slow because um, <laughs> there was a lot of deer on the side of the road every morning on the way to work. And oh. um, yeah, and there were deer on the track. With it was it was cool. I love nature, and um, it was really nice not to hear sirens and gunshots <laughs> yes. and all kinds of stuff. You know, it was just neat. It was neat to be out in the country. So that yes. was enjoyable. Kind of the anti-Churchill Downs uh, environment. Anti Churchill Downs is great, but it's, for the, there's anybody listening from outside uh, the state of Kentucky. Churchill Downs is fantastic, and they've done a lot of work in that area. But eh, the area around there is a bit, like, can we say iffy at, at well, times, right? It's city, yeah, it's a city, but yeah, I love Churchill. City. I love yeah. Churchill, and I live right close to it, and so we got a lot of action around here all the time. Well so, said, a lot of action. Yeah, well said. yeah. Yeah. Hey, Brandon, you got anything for uh, the top of Mount Rushmore here? Well, I mean, when she did win the, the <laughs> Louisville Thoroughbred Society Stake Race, the first inaugural race at Churchill Downs, I, I got to ask her, when does she plan to show up to the club? I am. I'm Well, because when you all finished it, when it was finished, I left, I think, for Virginia, right? It was True. about that time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well, um, before I go to New Orleans – 
I'll be there. Oh, yeah, yeah we got plenty of time. Right. Drew McLean is going to join us. Good. Uh, a great guy. And I'll tell you, you got another big fan in the crowd, uh, Dell. Dell Lowry. Yeah. yeah, she's awesome. She said to me, because I, I know her through our little horses and stuff, she was like, I, I'm just here for Michelle. I was like, really? Yeah, we my- talked the day before. Yes, we talked because um, I've got a couple horses in from her farm, and we were chatting about that. And she's like, I get to get off the farm. You got anything running on Saturday, next Saturday, you know, it's coming Saturday? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'll have my big horse in the stake. And she's like, I said, are you coming to the race? And she says, yes, I get to get off the farm. And I was like, okay, party girl. <laughs> so yeah. she loves getting dressed up and coming to the nighttime racing because she works so hard. She's, oh. she's at, grinding it out every day. So, um, it's incredible. Yeah. Every yeah, time I've been there in LaCroix, she's there. She's there. She called in sick <laughs> one day. I heard one day she was sick like two years ago. Oh, wow. And I couldn't believe it, but I mean, she's super. And so that night I didn't know this. And so I said, Dal's like, who do you see out here? And she goes, Michelle's horse. That horse is going to win. And I'm like, really? And I was like, that's gr- unbelievable. I didn't know the connection, you know. And yeah. she's like, oh, yeah. And there was just a lot of great competition in that race. A ton. It was. Yeah. And I was like, awesome. Well, I'm in, you know. And, <laughs> and then, I, you know, obviously I knew you're running. I was just like, I was thrilled because, you know, the tote board had you three to one. And, you know, know. there's some horses that were even in less than even money and i was like wow and man what a it was just so fun running under the lights too it's so i know cool. it is really cool they do an excellent job churchill um with their night racing um it's it's really you know it's a beautiful they usually they'll dress it up and everybody's in such a good mood and they've got well they had a lot of stuff going on that night i was oh, like yeah. oh my goodness my horse is gonna meltdown in the paddock because he is so high energy and the last time i ran him at churchill um he double barrel fired at everybody <laughs> it was crazy <laughs> in the paddock he had him running in every direction i was like goodness but um he was really good the other night so um the the crowd was you know quiet around the paddock thank goodness um during you know the time we were there yeah. but Yet there's still a lot of energy in the air, and horses are, you know, they feel all that. So, um, but yeah, it was, it's always fun on the Saturday nights. They well, do a great we, job. Well, you know, it's it's fun to, to to hear other people that are involved, and you've got great support. You know, Dell is a just a great horseman, and and she's just just so fun to be around too. Mm-hmm. I had no idea there was that side to her, and she man, she runs hard. And so we we talked and. <laughs> We, we just had a great time. And so both of you all have two items of the Auxiliary Gate merch coming. We got some special right. merch. We got it's some been, merch. Merch is coming. That's we got around to making merch. We got around yeah. to it. Yeah, <laughs> That's so, awesome. I need to make yeah. some merch. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, yeah well, I do. You're, you're definitely going to get, you're going to be the first. I'm going to hand deliver it myself. Maybe at LTS because that's the only way I can lure you up there. <laughs> you know, a free cocktail, free food, and a free, well, you know, auxiliary merch. So Okay. That sounds awesome. Cool. And congratulations on your win. Yeah, thank you. That's pretty that's a that's great awesome. Great day. I was in a really good mood after that. I put a nice wind bet on Just Might. It was so fun. Good. Uh, Sarah was thrilled too, my wife, and she's really hard to get out to get it, you know, get excited yeah, about it. I saw yeah. her. 
I saw her on the on on a Breeders Cup Breeders Cup yeah. uh, <laughs> video. <laughs> she looked at you like y'all are crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? I know. <laughs> yeah. We get that twinkle. They get that twinkle in her eye, and it gets a little. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, "What? This guy's crazy." <laughs> That's all right. All right, Michelle. It's better be crazy than boring. That's right. True. You know. Michelle, we'll wrap this up. I've got one more question for you, though. Uh, um, just uh, hearing the chance, is there any chance that you could uh, be willing to ship Just Might out to Del Mar in about a month's time? Oh, you know, um, I mean, if he, if we run in the Phoenix and he were to win it, which <laughs> that would be crazy, I guess he would deserve it, you know, to go out there. But um, I don't know. There's some really, 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 really good, really good sprinters, sprinters. <laughs> yeah. really good sprinters this year. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, he's doing more, you know. He he's like my kid, like you know, you never know how good they can get. You know, it's 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 um you know, we didn't buy him for a few hundred thousand and you know, and he come into me uh training, you know, working lights out somewhere and getting bragged on. I mean, he's he was our baby <laughs> that we raised. So it's we're too close to it to imagine him being able to do it. Like we went to the Breeders' Cup last year on the turf and um you know, we didn't do well. Um, you know, circumstantial, it just didn't, didn't break well and just didn't get a good trip from there on, but it was a lot of fun. So we wouldn't want to run like that again, that's for sure. But, um, you know, it just depends on if we run in, in the race next, uh, you know, in o- October, it's, a, it's coming up quick. Yeah, um, in the corner, that's for sure. It's fun to think about though, right? It is. It's fun to think about. It's definitely, you know, a thought for sure, you know, so that's a long trip. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, that's a- well, Michelle, uh, like we said many times before, congratulations on a great night. That was fun. It's fun it to record. It's fun to fun to hear from you and 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 come out and see you. We 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 think the world of you. I I think I speak on behalf of uh, the other two guys here, and uh, we we're uh, we're super fans. Of the I list. know. Oh, I appreciate y'all so much. Y'all need to come to the barn. We'll be back. That's oh, I was yeah. waiting for. It. We're there. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to ask twice. No, you can come any single, any day you want. We're there every single day. You know, okay. Mondays are a walk day. You can come any other day. Um, but you are y'all on Saturdays and Sundays, or do you have like regular work hours? Or you know, like, <laughs> I'm an auto work. Work. I got regular work hours, but Saturday and Sunday I can do. But if I bring my yeah. kid, can I bring my, can I bring my daughter? Absolutely, yes, because there, there's no restrictions right now for owners and and visitors. Ugh. You know, so. Yeah, please come by the barn. We'd love to have you there. You I'll be it. back there soon. I'm just well, I'm too close, and yeah. I got to get back there anyway and talk to Brad. You know, I'm gonna kick him in the shin a little bit. Uh, <laughs> well, he's just a barn. He's but he's just a barn away from me. Like he's right next door, so you have no excuse not to show up. That's right. Well well said. Bradley, Brad. Brad's only won one race at Churchill so far. He's in a slump. Yeah. Is I'm he really? You mean I'm tied with Brad? <laughs> nice, that's yes. freaking awesome that's hard to do i think he's got a good one going next week named nick Sko, though i think he's got oh I think that was, shoot yeah. he probably be 30 to one or something so don't worry about it <laughs> that's an awesome horse <laughs> yeah yeah all right michelle well we thank you for coming on and and wish you good luck with just mike change the control and all the other uh, good horses in your barn we'll we'll be by soon that's for sure 
All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it so much. Thank you, Michelle. All right. Bye. All right. That was our good friend, Michelle Lovell. Let's get on to our next order of business. This is a new segment we're going to try to roll out. We're going to try our best here to maybe educate some of you uh, novice gamblers or uh, fans maybe looking to, to play some bets uh, in the weeks ahead. And, and we're going to try to uh, enlighten you on, on the ways that we play at the races. Uh, this is a segment we're going to call Out of the Box. Uh, Alan, you want to uh, uh, tell us what Out of the Box is all about? Yeah, we've got an idea for this in another segment we may do a little bit later. Um, at, the, at the racetrack, sorry, I met a friend of mine, uh, re, uh, got reacquainted with a friend of mine from high school and grade school named Leslie, uh, Leslie Medley French, great gal, love her to death. Uh, but she was asking me about betting horses. We want to go in on something. And, of course, what she asked me is the same thing other, so many other people ask me is, and I would actually even throw in the fact that everybody out there on Saturday night, they always talk about exact boxes. They always talk about exact boxes. It's as if it's the only way to, to bet horses. And I would venture that 80% of the people out there at the racetrack on Saturday night, that that's all they know is, is boxes. And I'm not saying that that doesn't work all the time, but by all means it very well may. But what I try to educate people, and I'll be honest with you, I do a terrible job at it, is trying to explain how to wheel horses. When you hear people uh, trying to explain the wheel, they think the wheel is an actual bet. It's not. It's a way to make a bet. It's uh, I think uh, 90% of the time you get more bang for your buck. You give yourself, you open yourself up to more opportunities for a big score. You're you're uh, playing your opinions harder that way. So in our own little way, we're going to try to explain, try to show you how wheels work and stuff. Maybe not necessarily get out of that box mentality because sometimes it's appropriate. But how to maybe uh, attack these races in a different fashion if you're if you're a newer uh, individual? Yeah, one of the things that as you start to play the races and you know you start to bet more money and 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 learn a little bit more about sport and how to wager. One of the things you need to do is you got to learn how to form an opinion. Yeah, right on. A a true opinion, not not a wishy-washy opinion like. Well, I mean, I like three horses here, two, four, six. They're all two to one, five to two, three to one. I'm just going to box them. Okay, that's over the long run, that's not going to work. No. You're going to lose money probably over the long run. Uh, there's different ways to go about uh, placing exotic bets, exactus, trifectas, and superfectas. Uh, and like Alan said, the, the wheel for me is the most effective uh, tool to do so. So uh we're gonna start we're gonna try to do this uh it's like i said it's really hard for me to explain as well agreed without, without losing you but like you know if you're if you're a, a better that goes twice a year this is probably not for you uh but if you if you're a weekend warrior or, or at least you know maybe go once a month or something like that this is a way maybe to to stretch your budget a little bit or, be, or uh, allow you to cover more horses in your wager uh, you know, you, you you bet a three horse trifecta box and two of the three run in the money. But the third horse is a 40 to one shot that, you know, makes your trifecta pay a thousand dollars. This is a more effective way to get that 40 to one shot in, into your wager. So uh, Alan's going to lead us off in race six. I've got a horse or I've got a wager I want to place in race seven and then we'll go from there. So, Alan, you lead us off. Uh, certainly. This is the Saturday card. If we didn't mention that or whatever, uh, overall, the card is not one of my favorite cards of the meet. I think it's okay. 
Uh, and ordinarily, if I was going to give out plays such as this, I might take a little riskier uh, bets. But I think the card over there's some more chalky sequences. So I'm I'm actually picked out a uh, um, a race to start off with that I don't know if it's going to pay a whole heck of a lot, but it might get a good example of what we mean. And it's a very inexpensive wager. Uh, in now, race, let, me, uh, let yeah. me interrupt you real quick on this. This I want to lay out the players in this race and, and okay. kind of introduce the race and then let uh, let you take over from there and, and then kind of give your analysis and then how you would attack the race from a wagering point of view. So uh, race six is a five and a half furlong allowance race. That's for three and up who've never won a race other than maiden claiming starter or state bred or which have never won two races. And the heavy favorite in here is going to be number two, Cowan from the Steve Aspinson barn. Uh, Cowan ran second behind the talented Golden Powell in last year's Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint. Uh, he was on the Derby Trail for a little bit, and then they shipped him to Saudi Arabia, where he finished second in a million-and-a-half-dollar race. And then they, they decided to abandon the Derby Trail, and he ran in the Alquaz Sprint against older horses, and he finished up the track, and he hasn't been, been sent, seen since. Uh, but he shows up here. And he's going to probably be a heavy favorite. He's two to one on the morning line. I would venture that he could go lower than that. Uh, mm-hmm. With with all that said, Alan, I'll turn it over to you again, and uh, you you break down the race for us. Okay. What I'm going to do here is again, this is a race with only I believe there's seven horses, correct? Actually, yeah. there's nine horses. Actually, this might pay a little something. The more horses, the more your exotics are going to pay. Um, this is the way I'm going to attack the race. I'm going to make four. $1 wheels that cost a total of $4 a piece for $16. It's a bit of a risky wager. I'll admit that. But hopefully I can explain this in a way. And again, I mentioned this before. I'm not really good at this, how I'm going to attack this race. And maybe because it's such an inexpensive wager, maybe someone else can learn something and, and, and get lucky and we hit something. As, as CC mentioned, Cowan is a uh, is the favorite in the race and it's going to be tough to beat in this spot. Uh, word of caution, it's a three-year-old taking on older horses, coming back from uh, – the Middle East, which sometimes can be a little tricky, but if the horse runs his race and takes to the distance and the dirt, the horse should be tough. Uh, but Cowan also has a bad case of seconditis, where at five seconds and nine starts against much better horses, granted. So here's how I'm going to take play this race. For $1, um, take a $1 Superfecta Cowan on top. That's in the front. Cowan has to win. I'm going to use the number one horse on your mark. And the number seven horse, edge to edge, in the two spot. I'm also going to go back and use them in the three spot as well. So that leads me to uh, play Superfect on the bottom. If I can get those three horses there, in the fourth spot, I'm going to use the number three. No, I take that back. The number six horse, Abundant. And the number eight horse, Spankhurst. That is, you would read that off as a $1 Superfecta wheel, two with one and seven, with one and seven, with six and eight. That's a total of only four, uh, that's a total of four bets, a dollar piece, four dollars. Uh, I'm going to go back, as I mentioned a moment ago, uh, Cowan has a tendency to run second. So in, the, in that case, I'm going to put uh, the one horse on your mark on top and edge to edge on top as well. One and seven with Cowan to run second with on your mark and edge to edge third 
with again abundant and Spankhurst fourth. That would be one and seven with two with one and seven with uh, six and eight. I should have mentioned a moment ago. I'm also want to put in case the two horses that I'm really leaning on the t second third spot don't run quite as well as I thought, and I had the opportunity to blow this up. I'm going to use Spankhurst and Abundant in the three spot um, in the much the same fashion I put up the other two. So what I mean by that is it's, we're going to have Cowan, number two Cowan, with number one on your mark and number edge to edge, seven, second, with number six and number eight, Abundant and Spankhurst third. And then we're going to put on your edge and on your mark. Uh, on your mark, uh, on your mark and edge to edge fourth. And then we're gonna go back one more time and put Cowan second behind those two horses. On your mark and edge to edge first with Cowan, with Abundant and Spankhurst, with on your mark and edge to edge. So to recap this long, long spiel. How about, how about doing it this way? Why don't you pretend like you're at the window and read okay. the bed up to the, to the clerk? All right, Mr. Broadus, I would like a $1 Superfecta part wheel, two with one and seven, with one and seven, with six and eight. I'd like another $1 Superfecta wheel, two with one and seven, with six and eight, with one and seven. I'd like another $1 Superfecta wheel, one and seven with two, with one and seven, with six and eight. And finally, another $1 Superfecta wheel, one and seven with two, with six and eight, with one and seven. Now all that sounds like a lot. That's four dollar. That's four bets in one dollar increments. Four dollars a piece. Four times four is sixteen dollars. I hope that wasn't too confusing. I'm sure it was, but you kind of get an idea of the way I feel. There's a couple horses in there that could run in the money, but we're going to take a stand and try to hit that uh, on a small ticket. Yeah, here's the cool thing about that um, with uh, fractional wagering now. You could bet that yes. for a dime, and the wagers that he read off would only cost you a dollar sixty. Right. Yeah, ten percent of sixteen dollars would be a dollar sixty. You just read, you know, a ten cent superfecta wheel using those combinations. Now, I'm sure people will get confused by the way we're describing this. The key thing to remember here is when the tracks pay off wagers. The, the the main tenet of, of, of what they're trying to do, they're, they're going to pay off based on the order of finish. So if the, the order of finish is one, two, three, four, that's what we're concerned with as far as the superfecta is concerned. Because if your, your one horse finishes first, that's that's where you're trying to uh, help me out here. You, you see where I'm going with this? Like, yeah. As opposed to a box, if you box one, two, three, and four for a dime, that's uh, two dollars and forty cents, right? Right. Uh, you don't care where they finish. The the method we're uh, endorsing here, you do care where the horse finishes. It, right. That's, it's absolutely pertinent. If uh, you know, like uh, your your six horse or your eight horse, if they win the race, then you're out of luck. You're not gonna you're not gonna score. But uh, it, you know that's uh, that's the crux of the matter. We're trying to get people away from uh, boxing horses. So how many horses total are you using in that wager? It's five, right? Uh, five, exactly. So if I if I boxed, 
all five horses for a dollar. I believe that's one hundred and twenty dollars, right? Yes. Is that my, my that's right. See, so why I don't like I don't like Spankhurst as much as I like Cowan. So why would I give Cowan and Spankhurst equal weight? Correct. That's that what you're saying. Right. Why would I, That's what it comes down to. I want to try to pigeonhole where I think certain horses. If I put that horse in a certain spot, then I've saved a lot of money at the very least. And I've also maximized my opinion, which can lead to profit. You know, I could bet $120 and box those five horses. One, I may not win. And two, it may not come back and give me $120. So the game is always about turning a profit, right? So this right. way, if it's perfected, quote unquote, chalked out, the cheapest way I played it, I mean, it's still paid, I don't know, $80. So, you know, if I bet $120 and $80, I lost $40. Bucks, but if I bet $16 and $80, and, you know, I, I quintupled my money. So that's what we're trying to say. And again, wheeling is hard to describe to, to, to newbies, but if you're looking to take that next step, I, we highly endorse the wheel method. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so it's my turn. My brain is now twisted into a pretzel. I'm sure everybody else's is. <laughs> but bear with us. We're gonna try to we're, we're gonna try to sort through this. So uh, race seven is the one I, that I want to pick, and uh, I'm going to introduce the players here. Uh, the favorite is going to be number six, Hoist the Gold. Morning line choice at three to one for Dallas Stewart, Tyler Gaffney on this horse. Uh, in his previous start, he finished second to a really talented Chad Brown horse named Jack Christopher. Uh, prior to that, Hoist the Gold, in his debut effort, he uh, broke slowly out of the gate, was kind of foolishly rushed up to uh, get near the leaders, and then he tired late. Uh, I think this horse has a little bit of talent. And I think he will probably win this race. Uh, he's my top pick. Now that's you know no risk there. I mean he's three to one. He's he's going to be the probably heavy favorite. I'd say he'll go lower than three to one. But uh, the other players that I'm interested in, number two, Devil's Glen, for Mike Maker. And uh, of course, a sentimental story here is uh, his co-owner uh, Tom Conway passed away, I believe, this week. That's uh, true. And uh, but. Uh, Devil's Glen uh, started his career at Ellis Park. He broke from the 11 hole, showed some speed, kind of gave way late to, to another horse, uh, Blue Kentucky, who had, had an experience edge on him. Uh, Devil's Glen held on well. I think this horse is probably going to improve in his second start. Uh, the only other horse uh, that I really, really am interested in probably is number five, Cyberknife from the Brad Cox Barn. It's a $400,000 Phasic Tipton purchase as a yearling. The son of Gunrunner out of a really nice uh, mare from the Ramsey family. Awesome flower. I think she may have won on at least two surfaces, a uh, poly track and turf. She may have been a good dirt horse. I can't really remember. But uh, this is a uh, first time starter by Gunrunner. Gunrunner has really uh, set the world on fire with a lot of uh, good two year olds this year. Uh, so the easy way out would be to box these three horses. And just say I'll take a two dollars active box two five six. Well, if you have an opinion on the race like I do, like Alan said, we're gonna put my top opinion in first place in the wager. So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna put the six on top. Devil's Glen is the horse I'm mildly interested in. I think this horse will probably hit the board. So what I'm going to do is play an exacta wheel and a trifecta wheel. And I'm going to try to get the five horse cyber knife out of the money. 
And the reason I believe that is the mare, Awesome Flower. She was a nice mare. She's produced two horses already, and, and neither one of them have uh, amounted to much. So maybe maybe they spent a little too much on this horse, and maybe we'll give him a start and see what he can do down the road. What I'm going to do, and just say with a uh, with a budget of, I don't know, $15, $14, I'm going to play a $1 trifecta wheel, six with all, with two, so that means hoist the gold has to win the race. In second position, any horse in the race could finish second. And then the two horse has to finish third. Devil's Glen would have to finish third. That would be to hit the trifecta. For a dollar wager in a nine horse field, that's seven dollars. Six with all with two. Now, if Devil's Glen can get second, what I'm going to play is a seven dollar straight exacta. Six mm-hmm. two, and I think it's going to be chalky. That what, what would what would a six two pay? You think, Alan? Maybe uh, twenty dollars. Maybe I'd not that. I think you pay twenty five dollars for a dollar or two dollars. For two dollars, easy. Two dollars. So yeah, it's twelve fifty for a dollar. That's we're looking at maybe uh, what is that eighty roughly eighty five dollar payoff. Right. On a fourteen dollar wager. Uh, the exciting thing about this though, if if Hoist the Gold wins. Devil's Glen finishes third, and let's just say, let's pick a long shot out here. Uh, maybe maybe the rail horse, high-speed rail, it's the son of Connect. Uh, Connect is off to a good start as a, a freshman sire. They spent $80,000 for this horse as a weanling, so they must. this horse must be a good looker. Let's say high-speed rail gets in there 20 to 1, and you've got maybe Hoist the Gold going off 9 to 5. Uh, high-speed rail at 20 to 1, Devil's Glen at 3 to 1. Uh, you might be looking at maybe a $150 payoff. I think that's fair. I think that's right. For a $14 wager. Now, the flip side of that is if it comes in, you know, six, two, five, that's uh, Hoist the Gold, Devil's Glen, and Cyberknife. You're looking at a payoff of probably 15 to $20 for a buck. So, you know, it's uh, when I was when I was younger, a teenager, or, you know, and, and I didn't have much of a budget, these are the type of wagers that uh, I would – I would utilize, and it would stretch my uh, pocketbook a whole lot, uh, whole lot further than uh, mm. if you, you know, like if you wanted to box four horses here, and and you miss out on a horse like High Speed Rail at, at twenty to one or so. You know, that's 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 what we're getting at. There's 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 different yeah, there's, ways to bet. These are there's ways we would tweak these bets. We're just trying to keep it basic. I mean, we might do the exact plus the try. There are many different things that we would do. We're trying to keep it basic, and. Uh, I think what the, the crux of what we're saying is if you have four horses in an exacta box and that's a $2 bet, right? For a $2 bet, what is that? Is that $48 a box four horses in an exacta CC? I don't even do it, so I don't even know. Is that right? For a trifecta? Two. No, for an exacta. Exacta, $2 exacta box would be $24 for four horses. $2 exacta box, $24. It shows you how little I bet them. Uh, the the point of the matter is you're betting against yourself. That's uh, how many combinations? 12? There's 12 possible combinations there. Right, right. You're betting 11 times. You're betting against yourself 11 times. You're making every combination that could possibly come in an equal unit. And so that that exact has to pay 12 to 1 for you to even get your money back. So there's so many easier ways to do that. So if you can start focusing on putting horses in, in certain spots, first and second, First, second, third, nearly narrowing it down, you get so much more bang for your buck. And 
again, we'll talk more about this stuff as we go on. There's other opportunities on the card for this, but we, we thought we'd pick a couple of basic ones to start off with. Yeah. So to sum up, if I walk up to the window, I'm going to say I want a $7 straight exacta, six with two, and then I want a $1 trifecta wheel, six with all with two. And that would be $14. That's right. And, you know, one of the things uh, that I wish the guys, so many people do such a great job on on the networks and stuff explaining uh, splaying racing. But one of my, I don't say it's a pet peeve, but one thing I would like to work on that I wish they would work on is teaching people how to be better, better. They, they teach people how to, be, how to bet horizontally. Pick threes, pick four, picks fives. Well, not even pick threes. Pick fours and pick fives are the push where you try to pick four or five winners in a row. And I understand why they do that. They want to keep people playing and stuff. But I really, when you see a, a crowd of 20,000 at Churchill on a Saturday night, people really need to learn how to bet vertically. And when I mean vertically, I mean bet exactly, how to manipulate exactly, how to manipulate trifectas. Because most people are there to win that race. They don't, they're not, they're not looking to bet five races in a row. You know, you got to walk before you can run. So um, I, I wish we did a better job teaching people how to bet vertically. And hopefully the wheel, teach, trying to teach this, it's so simple, but it's so difficult to explain to, to a lot of the newbies and stuff. And uh, hopefully this gives someone, turns the light on for somebody. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, uh, any other races that you want to talk about? Uh, well, there's, there, you know, there's a few. I like a couple of horses. I like the Cousin Greg in, in race one. Uh, I'm not going to go on any wheels. It's only a six horse field. I'm not going to go on any wheels in there. There's a couple long shots I'll have my eye on later in the day, which might be prime candidates for underneath plays. Cause I'm a big believer in the, in the superfecta. And uh, we're not going to go into all that today. I did give you one small one earlier, but a couple of long shots that might be able to get on the board later in the day at big prices at 20 to one. There's a horse called Anchor. I believe that's in the, uh, that's in one of the stakes. Which race is that, CC? That is the Bourbon Trail, race nine, mile and three-sixteenths on the dirt for three-year-olds. Yeah, I don't believe that horse is going to win the race. King Fury is going to be double tough in there. And maybe there's another horse, too, that may be more likely on the win end. But I might consider using Angkor uh, in, a, in a fashion like CC mentioned earlier with his trifecta play, maybe in the second or third spot. You know, maybe you could uh, d- dance around with that a little bit. There's another horse in the either the race previous, the stakes race previous, or the stakes race prior. Uh, the next one, the Harrods Creek. There's a horse called Flags Up in there, who's come off a really good win, it's a really good runner-up effort, 20 to one. Again, not as good as the other horses in the race, but the pace scenario plus the price at 20 to one might be worth uh, inclusion in some of these wheel wagers uh, in the two, three, four spot. So outside of that, I don't have a whole heck of a lot. Do you? Not really. I mean, I think it could. This late pick five could break chalky. I agree. It could, or it could be a little, yeah, it could. If King three were to win and a couple others and stuff, but you know, it'd still be a fun card. I think. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be there, but uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's put a bow on this. Uh, Oh, one last thing. Uh, Pennsylvania Derby. Yes. Hot rod, Charlie for me. Uh, I don't know if you've looked at the, at the race or not, but uh, we were discussing the earlier, uh, this is the time of year you want, might want to fade certain th- three-year-olds after a long campaign. Yeah. One of the things that I, that I talk about a lot, and, and it goes back to what we, we said earlier, one of the – I get a bugaboo of mine that I have with, with analysts and, and stuff, and, you know, nothing against them. I mean, I know why they do it, 
is uh, you always hear the phrase beatable favorites. Uh, it's got to beat the favorite, got to beat the favorite. And again, since I try to preach a little betting vertically a little more often, there is a, a mindset with that. It's if you can, if there's a bad favorite, okay, great. But what if there's a bad second choice or a bad third choice? Most of these races have bad second and third choices. If you're playing vertically and playing the trifecta superfecta, just in the same fashion, if you can beat the, a bad favorite, you beat the second or third choice in a superfecta trifecta, the, the payoffs go exponentially. This is a possibility in this race because I do, I'm like CC. I believe Hot Rod Charlie could win the race. But if you believe some of these uh, second and third choices in here, maybe on the decline, maybe they're, they may be uh, hitting a wall. Maybe you throw a little price play in there or whatever. So, that, again, that's something that, that I wish more people would talk about is bad second and third favorites. And you might find that here in the Pennsylvania Derby. But I do agree with you. Hot Rod Charlie is going to be double tough to beat. Yeah, I think uh, a couple horses that might be worth including underneath would be a horse like Bourbonic, who's going to be a, probably a mile back early. And he's fairly fresh. He's only had one race since the uh, Belmont where he was uh, badly overmatched. But this is a horse that could pick up third or fourth at a big price. And the other one now I'm interested in is uh, number 10, American Revolution, for Todd Plutcher and uh, Luis Saez. This horse is... Uh, reeled off three in a row against New York Reds. So they, his form is, uh, he, he's, he's fairly fast on paper, but, uh, you know, he's, he's probably not going to get the respect he deserves because he's been beating up on New York Reds, but he, he gets a class test here, but what's his morning line. What's his morning line. He's 15 to one morning line, but with the scratch of Medina spirit, I think, uh, he comes down. He'll probably be in that eight to one, nine to one range. I would think. Sounds like a good play to me, especially with the, the great Louis Saez aboard. Absolutely. All right. That's all I have. You got anything That's else? That's all I have. All uh, right. Nothing. I uh, want to thank Michelle again for joining us. As always, you know we're going to have her back on here because, again, it's our podcast and we do what we want and we love her. But also, I ought to mention Tom Drury had a heck, one heck of a weekend. Our buddy Tom Drury had a great weekend at Churchill. There's more to, more to come from him as well, too. So congratulations to Tom. And, uh, oh, one last thing, uh, Brilliant Racing. Has added uh, yes. Three, How can we forget? Yeah, three yearlings. So we got a mastery and a son of West Coast, and then a filly by Tonalist. So that's uh, something to look forward to in the future. We got three yearlings under the Brilliant Racing, and they're looking to claim another one. So yeah, as you're listening to us, CC and I and uh, Brandon were owners in a. Uh, Three or four horses are right about, so we're happy about it. We thank Joe and Natalie and Brandon for we know the work they put into this. I know it's not easy, so we appreciate it. Yeah. It's not easy, but it's a lot of fun. That's why we're Agreed. Agreed. So we'll wrap it up. So on behalf of Michelle Lovell, on behalf of Brandon Jaggers, and of course, Alan Schneider, this is CC Broadus signing off and reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home.